What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Truman's Town Hall with your host, Matt Truman. Hello, hello, this is Matt Truman. Thank you for downloading this episode. Thank you for sharing with a friend. So today, folks, I have a bit of a treat for you. Last Thursday, Truman's Town Hall had a conversation with Councilman Richard Shaw, Ward 1 in Huber Heights. We had a conversation. It, it was a lot of information was given if you, if you live in Huber Heights or you're interested in Huber Heights. I recommend checking it out. It's on YouTube, Rumble, Twitter, a uh, couple different places. And now we're going to throw it out here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, uh, wherever you listen to audio podcasts. And I appreciate you listening to it. Um, even if you don't live in Huber, it, it's interesting to listen to how local governments work. Folks, I believe local government is as important as federal and state government. I really do. Local, all that stuff that they're doing there, that's impacting you greatly. Some stuff in the federal government doesn't impact you. Some stuff in the state government doesn't impact you, but local government does. And if you're not paying t uh, attention to your local government, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, uh, I'm going to play this interview. Um, it, it's interesting. I, you know, we have a conversation. And I may change how I feel about it in a week. I don't know. Because if you can't, I don't know. I'm not going to go down that road. Anyway, I'm just going to play the, the conversation because it's about an hour and 45 minutes. And without further ado-do, here is the conversation with Ward 1, Huber Heights City Councilman Richard Shaw. Welcome to Truman's Town Hall with your host, Matt Truman. All right. Hey, everybody. Um, we'll let a few people jump in uh, and then we'll get started with me to my left. But right on the screen is Frank Wiley. Um, and we're going to be bringing on Councilman Richard Shaw. Yes, sir. He's, he's the Ward 1 City Councilman. Uh, he's opted not to uh, to run again in this term. So, uh, as they say, he is. Uh, what's the term they use? Lame duck. Is that is that derogatory or is that? 
That's just the term they use, right? It is. I think it's, it depends on how you want to take it. Um, Cause lame duck can mean nothing's actually going to happen or lame duck means they really got nothing to lose. So right. they're kind of just on their way out. They don't, you know, so I think in this case, we're going to find out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, um, Richard Shaw. Mr. Shaw, Hi, good welcome. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Uh, uh, doing well. Thanks for having me. I feel like I should have like some sort of smoke and entrance music or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in Huber Heights. Uh, you sit up there on the dais, you know, all the, uh, intimate details that happens. The only thing I know <clears throat> is, is what folks talk about online and, uh, what I see from the meetings that we watch, uh, Frank's with me. He watches meetings. Uh, a lot of the folks that are going to be watching, watch meetings. Um, someone asked on brick city town hall tonight, why Richard? Why are you going to have Richard on the podcast? Because uh, he's been silent lately. Um, and and we talked about being a lame duck politician. I don't know if that's how you feel, but what are your thoughts going in? You have, you know, roughly 10 months left in office. I'll say why I brought you on here is because okay. I, I, I think, you know, um, a heck of a lot of what happens uh, in and around the city. I think I think you have your ear to the grindstone. Uh, do I think you've been silent lately from the time that, you know, I don't know if Team Huber is a good or a bad thing nowadays up for you guys. Um, you guys went out hard charging. You guys were up at City Hall looking through documents. And, I mean, you guys were always going out, having meetings and doing stuff. And then it seems like lately, folks, myself included, that you guys have been a little silent lately. What, what's your thought on that? And where am I wrong if I am? No, no, I appreciate the question. And, uh, and like I told you earlier when you asked me to come on here that nothing was, uh, was off topic. Uh, everything was free game. And um, we've not posed or went over any lines of questioning. Um, you, you're right. I, uh, as of late, I have been silent on the, uh, on the social media front. Um, that doesn't mean I have been silent behind the scenes. Um, I, even though I have 10 months left, um, I have still been working within the region. I still been working for this community and I still been work, been working for the good of the people. Um, however, as of late, it's been, uh, it's been more of a conversation of, of compromise to try to get certain things done in my opinion. Um, and, really trying to see, you know, what in the next 10 months um, myself and many of my colleagues can agree on that we can get things done um, and what items we don't agree on that we can either put on the back burner or, um, you know, we can have civil discussion on. Um, you're right. You know, back in 2014, 2015, uh, Team Huber, uh, they were hard charged, man. We were, uh, we were kicking down doors and uh, things were happening. We also had a, a great support of, uh, of residents and, and business owners behind us, uh, that, uh, was, you know, helping us, you know, get things done and, and move things, you know, in a forward and a positive direction. Um, over the years that, that kind of seemed to dwindle off. Um, doesn't mean, you know, we stopped working as hard as we did behind the scenes, 
Um, I mean, in my past seven years, um, I think we've got a lot of great things done, even with the uh, the animosity, um, the uh, the back and forth, the debates, um, the heated exchanges. Um, and I and I think there's still some good things to go. Um, but as far as being on social media, you're, you're right. Uh, things have been kind of lax, and and I take full ownership of that. Um, I think in part, um, and not to place any blame, but you know, COVID really did destroy a lot of that. Uh, Matt, as you know, and Frank knows, um, in the past seven years, um, I have had the most community interaction out of you know, with any council member on the dais when it comes to community relations, town hall meetings, um, interaction with businesses. And, um, and, and really COVID put, you know, put a stop on that. I tried to do some online forums, uh, that really didn't work out as well. Um, you know, I was at, at some of those meetings I had, you know, between 30 to 50 people plus at some of those meetings. Um, right. I mean, they were, they were huge turn more, more people would attend my town hall meetings than would attend a, a city council meeting in six months mm -hmm. combined. Right. Um, right. But, you know, I, I, think, so, I think COVID kind of put that back a little bit. Let, let me ask you this. Are, are you going to ramp any of that back up or are you going to stay? The, are you going to keep keep going the way it is now? No, no I appreciate it. So uh, I've actually been in contact with a few businesses um, uh, to find out, uh, you know, proper protocols in certain areas. Because, as you know, some of the uh, businesses that I was doing these um, town hall meetings at were healthcare facilities um, you know, large businesses, things of that nature. Um, so uh, that is something I'm going to continue to do. Um, and uh, here in the next 30 days, you should be seeing a um, a town hall that will be uh, presented. Awesome. Okay, so let's let's get into some of the meat and potatoes of why uh, we asked you to come on here today. My question is this: Huber Heights as a council manager form of government. You and I both sat on the Charter Review Commission. Yes. Um, and we remember back in the day with, with Tom McMasters. Council shut Tom McMasters down essentially because he was talking too much. So why do you guys let Mayor Gore bloviate the way he does on the dais? That's my opinion, but I've heard that opinion from a lot of people. I don't know if you agree with that opinion. But he does not have a vote unless it's a tie, yet he will try to talk and make compromises and spin and do what he does, sell the idea that him and his team want to have. So why does council allow that to happen when they wouldn't allow it with other mayors? You know, that's a... are, I was just going to say, there are other folks who went against McMasters that are still on the dais today. So, Well, and um, fortunately, it looks like uh, they're going to have to uh, see him again in the future. Um, but uh, as far as as far as Mayor, Mayor Gore and his conversation on the dais, um, you know, it's uh, it's quite interesting um, uh, for me um, because more times than, than not, uh, you know, he's uh, he's sinking his own ship. Uh, he talks himself out of the issues and out of the problems. Um, you know, somebody once told me that uh, if somebody uh, is talking a lot, they're trying to sell you the product. Um, mm. And uh, and uh, so, you know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I, 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 I don't mind when he talks. I think it's quite interesting. Um, and I'll give an example. At the last meeting, there was a, a large banter between him and Councilman Lyons. Mm -hmm. And um, 
<laughs> and by any stretch, it wasn't productive. Um, it was entertaining, but it wasn't productive. Um, I actually leaned over to the interim city manager and I said, Hey, um, I said, Mayor Gore does know he's running this meeting and can shut this down. He's, he's one of the two parties involved in this conversation. And, uh, the interim city manager leaned back over and said, yeah, he does. So uh, he's, he's doing it to himself and, um, and, uh, and the issues that he's trying to support. Um, however, you know, he also knows, you know, the apathy within the community. There's not a whole lot of people watching. Uh, there's not a whole lot of people paying attention. So when, you know, when you have that type of, uh, you know, situation going on as, as the mayor, um, yeah, you can run a meeting, um, you can talk all you want. And, um, to be honest with you on the last work session, I don't think we got a whole lot accomplished. Right. I'd agree. Why do you think there's apathy in the community? I mean, you had what you got 43,000 people in the city of Huber Heights, 4,000 voted in the last election. Where's everybody at? Matt, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I will say the, the last election uh, that, uh, that I challenged uh, for the at-large position, um, I did some things differently. I made some tactical errors. Um, I also um, had a situation where I took a lot of promises that weren't kept by certain individuals uh, within, uh, within politics. And um, those things I, I'll never forget. Um, but, uh, you know, I also err on myself. I didn't do the door knocking. I didn't do as much as the, uh, the face-to-face, uh, conversation that I, that I did back in 2014, uh, that would, that won me the seat. Um, I, as far as the apathy, I, I think people are, um, are really getting, uh, you know, irritated with state and national politics. And, and I don't think that, um, you know, your Mr. And Mrs. John Q taxpayer really knows how important local politics are. Um, I mean, right. we're going to have we're going to have a water uh, infrastructure town hall meeting coming up, and I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be empty seats in the room. Um, just because I, 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 in my opinion, the community, um, you know, w- would rather go on social media um, and um, and complain and uh, and make opinions um, rather than you know putting their name on a ballot, rather than going to city hall, and um, and, and that's tough. Uh, it really is. I, I've saw a couple of folks starting to come and speak out. So that's good. Right. But more people need to speak out. That's all there is to it. That's it. Uh, and I think part of the reason why a lot of folks don't come and speak out is the deadpan response you get. And you can sit up there for your allotted five minutes, make some great points, ask some really pointed questions on some, some things that matter and at the end of it all, you might get a, well, thanks for your comments or thanks for your opinion. So how do we improve that so that people feel like if I go to City Hall and I take the time and I get over my nerves and I stand up at that microphone and I'm on camera, it's going to be online, it's going to be preserved forever, and I take that vulnerable moment to speak my mind that it's going to matter and actually go somewhere or accomplish anything. You know, Frank, that's uh, that's a twenty uh, twenty two million dollar question. Um, mm-hmm. When 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 you're constantly being dismissed by certain council members and and, and a mayor, uh, when you come we'll up, we'll get and to have, that um, here in a little yeah. bit. By the way, um, that's uh, you know that's frustrating. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can I can touch more on that later. Sure. Okay, so <clears throat> I keep hearing this rumor 
And it, it, it comes from all directions. I, I still have a foot inside Huber Heights, even though I don't, you know, everybody knows Matt doesn't live in Huber Heights. Okay. Uh, but I still have a foot there and I still hear 50,000 residents. The mayor wants 50,000 residents. Is this a goal of council, council and the mayor, just the mayor and why? And, and yeah. what about development? And I'm going to spur that in there as well. <laughs> There's a lot of talk about development and 50,000 people. What do you say, Richard? Um, man, if I, if I honestly have to be uh, blunt and honest, I, I think that's a, that's a pile of BS. Um, you know, have I heard those rumors that we're trying to get to 50,000? Uh, yeah. Um, do I believe that's a goal of the mayor and other council members to get to that 50,000 in order to get, uh, you know, additional, um, state funding, um, you know, IE Kettering. Um, yeah, I, I do believe that's their goal. Um, but at the same time, they're not, they have not been paying attention to our current infrastructure. Um, in my opinion, they, they, they say they will, they say they have been, um, but, uh, proof's in the pudding. I mean, we just had a, you know, water presentation study on our, our, uh, water pr production and, and our infrastructure. Um, I think, oh my goodness, you just take a search through Facebook and look mm -hmm. at all the complaints on traffic. Um, you know, uh, just here today and in, in my ward, we have additional water main breaks. Um, and uh, what I find interesting is those water main breaks that were supposed to be predicted by this new Burgess and Nipal study. Uh, that was that was not a street that was predicted on there. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I find it funny that in, in the past, you know, two years, councils made a, a push to get additional water infrastructure, but we haven't put a single pipe in the ground. You know, it's, it's all, it's all been right. a service. We, we talked, we talked about, you know, we're going to fix the traffic issues. And if was, you watch some of those meetings and I don't want to throw you out on the bus uh, or under the bus here, but if you watch some of those meetings, the city engineer had said there were pipe was pipe in the ground and then mentioned, okay, well, we have pipe ordered or we have that but none of that happened. So mm -hmm. why would your city engineer say things that are just not true? Why does that happen? You know, that's, that's a great question because the city engineer, um, you know, came back with this, uh, with this study, uh, for example, uh, the East water main extension project, uh, that came in, uh, over a million dollars, uh, over his initial estimate. Um, you know, he says that, uh, you know, pipe can't be found. Uh, can be ordered. Um, I'll be debunking that here very soon. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, it, Councilman, uh, you know, uh, Otto has had the same questions. Uh, Councilwoman Kitchens had the same questions. Um, They're both and, uh, welcome on the podcast. I've asked yeah. them to come on. They're and, welcome here as well. And I believe there's, uh, there's you know, an internal struggle with uh, with some of the information that the city engineer has. Uh, unfortunately, that's not a position that uh, that council has directive over, right? Um, and uh, and that's you know that's unfortunate because I, I feel like we have been you know <laughs> sold a bad bill of goods recently by our city engineer. And I'll give you another example: um, this water lining project that we did a few years back. Mm -hmm. Holy mackerel! That was a pile of trash. Um, you know, it was when sold you, well though. What's that? It was sold very well. Oh it, was, oh, it was sold like it was going to, you know, fix the world's problems. And then if you go back to the last work session and listen to the uh, gentleman, Kevin, from Burgess and Naipaul, 
uh, he literally stood there and said, uh, yeah, we've never really had any success with that. And he, uh, the AWWA uh, doesn't believe that that's a, a sufficient uh, way to fix the project. Well, if this guy, if this guy knows it, how in the world did our, our uh, city engineer not know that by doing his due diligence? And uh, essentially, we we wasted, uh, you know, close to one and a half million dollars, if not more, going through that entire project um, that which delayed us even more because we t we were told that that was going to be the uh, end all to fix all. Well, and that's and, another example where citizens spoke up and said that that CIPP lining wasn't going to necessarily work the way they were anticipating. It wasn't really designed for city water mains it was more designed for residential like to the house not to the in the main in the street and they were talking about the risk of failures and possibility of breaking and then what happens to the the chemical component in that liner when it ruptures does it end up in the water supply can it get out of the water treatment plant is it all filtered out and they were assured that everything was safe and fine and that the city would never do anything like that that would jeopardize anybody as well as the fact that it was the best bang for the buck that was around. So how do we rectify that with people that live down on Hubbard, for example, that they had this lining go down their street and then ended up with a record number of breaks after that in their area? No, I, again, the only, the only course of action we have is to continue to call this out uh, continue to call it these issues. This this water study is, um, and it's been exactly what uh, what myself and Mr. Otto have uh, have been you know advising council of for years. That's why we go we went to these National League of City meetings. That's why we go to these conferences. We've been bringing back for years upon years talking about infrastructure, and mm -hmm. you know we just had a lot of deaf ears on council, and now everybody's like, oh my goodness, now uh, now we have a study that we paid for, which really we didn't need a study because we knew what the problem was. Um, you know, and then they come back and say, well, we're, you know, 20 million plus behind on water main replacement, but in the same breath, they say, oh, but your water main replacement program has been working out fine. You can't save both of those at the same time. They sure that, did though. That, yeah, he sure did, but it's, it's ludicrous. So when one of the main problems in that water main study was identified was the increase in the water pressure going north for the, to support the new development, stress the pipes on the backside. Is there any discussion right now of possibly dialing that water pressure back a little bit to preserve and buy some time in the areas that can't handle that additional load to support the new pipes up north, especially when they're considering possibly another, what, thousand houses up that way and if the East Main connects over there, there's, they're talking more. That's going to further stress the system, and they're going to have to keep putting those lift stations in to push that that pressure up. I mean, we're going to have water features all over the old end of town. Oh, yeah, no, beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is going to get worse, in my opinion, before it gets any better. Um, now, to that, I will say, when we did the, the um, boosting stations uh, for north of 70, when we did the water softening program, we knew we were told in our reports that there would be issues uh, after that. There would be, you know, um, moderate, you know, main breaks and things of that nature that, 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 that came with that. One second, Richard. Okay. When I, cause I listened to the, to the gentleman from Burgess and Eiple who gave the, the presentation about the water study. He didn't talk about water softening. He talked about water pressure and then all the lift stations. 
water softening was never mentioned by him. It was the water pressure. It wasn't mentioned by him, but it was in the study. Okay. Yeah. So I think in his report, he... Um, what was the major issue? Pressure or softening? So uh, in his report, it was a combination of both. Um, Equal? Um, I, I, would, I would say so. Um, okay. Now, if you look at it by percentage, um, if, you look at, if you look through the 80-plus page report and you look at the percentage of the main breaks that occurred north of 70 with the water boosting, and then you looked at the water main breaks that occurred south of 70 due to the um, disconnection of the Needmore plant uh, and the water softening, yes, the percentage of breaks was much higher north of 70. But mind you, that's because those numbers started out at one or two, where north of 70, where we have the older infrastructure, we were already seeing those, you know, 15, 20, 30 a year, um, you know, type things. So that's why you see the percentage. Um, however, that percentage north of I-70 has backed down um, from, from that initial, you know, uh, 2019, 2020, um, you know, error. Um, however, south of 70, that has not backed down. If anything, it's gotten worse. Right. Um, and, I, and I think we only got one, you know, one contributing factor to that, and that's aging infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Okay, I got uh, two things real quick. I had somebody reach out. They wanted to know about the water uh, break that happened today on Rustic Woods. Why wasn't there any vouchers handed out to the people on Rustic Woods? You know, that's, that's something the city is continuing to do. <clears throat> so, Matt, that was a, a great question because I also seen and was notified of that water um, break on Rustic Woods. And um, show you my phone right here. This is my uh, my city email account. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. Um, my last email uh, was at uh, uh, 4.39 today about a boil advisory on Honeygate and Lodgeview. Um I've not received any city communication about a water main break on Rustic Woods. Um, I've not received anything from city administration or the water department telling me about that. Um, I mean, I don't have to, you know, tell you guys, uh, you, you obviously know uh, of the lack of communication that we have within the city and uh, it's uh, not very transparent. You find out about everything after it's written and done. Um, so um, I've not been able to address those issues one because uh, I've got had no communication from city administration and two, um, I literally just learned about that um, just a short time ago. Okay. Um, are you going to reach out to the to the city as soon as possible? To yes, uh, there will be an email thing? that will go out uh, shortly after this podcast regarding that. Uh, I've seen uh, some pictures uh, of the flow and of the break. Um, and, uh, and like I said, I don't live too far from that area of Rustic Woods. I know my water hasn't been affected here. Um, but at the same time, I did get some text messages uh, shortly before this uh, podcast, and I seen some items on social media uh, that will be addressed this evening. Awesome. Um, and we got a, a question from uh, Paul Schaefer on the YouTubes. Question for Mr. Schultz: Does the city's engineering staff have the education and experience to deal with the problems the city is seeing? Or... Do they need to hire experts and simply provide engineering oversight? What is the appropriate role of the city's engineers? Should they be doing direct engineering or administration? So that's that's a good question, Mr. That's a good question. 
It's a good question, and I'm going to give you my honest opinion. Uh, again, the city engineer does not report to, to city council. Uh, city engineer is a staff member um, uh, underneath the uh, interim city manager. And um, I, I'm going to answer it about as easy and as bluntly as I'll, I'll get out. Um, I don't think our current engineer um, is capable of fixing this problem. Um, and I don't believe um, our city administration. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, is moving in the right direction to fix this. I don't believe a majority of council is moving in the right direction to fix this. Again, guys, we've been talking about this uh, for years upon years. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Um, so I, it's, I know when I ran back in 2015, here's, here's the sign that melted. <laughs> I have it in a protective case in case there's a water leak in here. It's wow. Protected. But when I was running back in 2015, it was all infrastructure, team mm-hmm. Huber. It was all infrastructure. And that, that goes with all four members of team Huber infrastructure. infrastructure. Now it's all about development. It's all about development. How many people can we pack into Huber Heights? And you know what? $20 million? $20 million of, of prior infrastructure that needs addressed? I don't understand. You know how what's interesting? That, how does that you, come about? If you go back and uh, you look in that water study, that water study has got, man, pieces of gold all, over, all up in it. If you go back and look at that water study prior to um, um, Team Huber coming into office, um, the amount of uh, water main replacements that took place, you know, 10 years prior to that, um, and then look at the water main replacement um, per miles that took place after that, yeah, there was an increase, um, but not enough. Um, We have, you know, we have put more to our internal streets program. Uh, good Lord, that, that was a, that was a budget fight to, to get that occurred, but we're still not doing enough. Um, and the reason being is because certain individuals want to continue to grow and grow and grow instead of taking care of what we have here now. Right. And I just had a, I just had a conversation. I was a panelist with our first tier suburb, Dayton Area Board of Realtors, Land Corp, um, City of Clayton. Um, and um, we were on a panel talking about housing. And... Um, you know, Vinebrook came up as, as being one of the largest retailers, which that's another topic um, I can get on later. Um, but I, I literally sat there and told them, I said, we in Huber Heights don't need any more housing until we fix our infrastructure. Indeed. I, 
I will not be voting on any additional development of housing until our infrastructure is fixed. So if that means for the next 10 months, every housing development, apartment development that comes in front of me, it will receive a no vote. Uh, Kevin Carter says, can you share the list of pipes that have supposedly been replaced that Mr. Chikowski provided last meeting? Can I guess you can get with him offline. Um, and Steve Zabinden mentioned back in our communication part that every time he emails the city, he only gets the same response from like two or three people, which is a problem. And he mentioned the city can't grow with an overworked engineering staff. Um, so it, I guess the, the, the hard question that, that I'm wondering, and it was posed at the last meeting by uh, Jeff Gore in that 45-minute diatribe about firefighter staffing, does there need to be an executive session to discuss whether or not the city manager is effective? Is he able to do the job? Is he doing it well enough? If we have an engineer who isn't capable of handling the problem, we have staffing that are not able to handle it either because there's not enough because he's not hiring enough people or we're not hiring the right quality people. And if he's the boss, do we need to look, are we looking in the wrong place for answers? I will tell you that our, our city manager search is officially underway. Um, I just received word, um, I think it was yesterday, day before. Um, and uh, I want to thank Kevin Carter for uh, for pushing that issue because I actually learned a little bit uh, on that as well. Um, that, uh, you know, it appears that Baker Tilly, um, either from a, a lack of communication um, or um, just, you know, an absence um, was not responding in a timely manner to our, uh, in a timely manner to our clerk of council, uh, and getting us the documentation that we need, the timelines, the brochures and getting everything updated. Um, mm. so, you know, I, I'm hesitant to say that, uh, um, that, a, that a new city manager is coming soon. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, Frank, I, I got to be honest with you. Let, let's take a, a, a quick road down hypothetical lane. Let's say council went into executive session and we uh, we told the uh, uh, interim city manager his services were no longer needed. Now he goes back to uh, assistant city manager. Who, who would we appoint to be the uh, new interim city manager? The city engineer? Um, the HR director? Right. Uh, police chief fire you're I mean we are running out of we, we are out of options right I, I mean they're about talking about the fire chief anyway in that same breath mm -hmm. whether or not you know there was an, a thing there so so yeah it's kind of like shooting yourself in the foot and I'm glad to hear that the city manager search is back on at least starting because I think that's going to be critical to get enough staffing there because if the reason why things can't happen that's continuously presented and it may be 100 percent true that the staff are just so overworked they're going in a thousand directions but if they're operating under the direction that uh, of council is what we keep hearing then the help will come from slowing things down and focusing on one or two things 
And you're right, the development going on and on and on is going to just continuously put more projects out. They have to do all the vetting for, they got to do all the paperwork for, then all the permitting. And so they're not going to be focused on, well, is that water line that we're putting in going to stand up to the test of timers or going to cause a blowout six blocks away? Well, so, no, no, I do want, I do want to say this, and I think this is important. Um, you know, we talk a lot about uh, city administration and the staff. Um, I, I will say this for what it's worth. Um, my, my interaction and conversations with a current interim city manager, um, they've not been perfect. Uh, they've not been, um, they've not been the, the quickest lines of communication, but what I will say from what I had to deal with in 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, this is leaps and bounds better. Um, I mean, I mean, I, at least I'm able to pick up the phone, have a text message, um, whether we agree or disagree on the topic, um, you know, uh, that that's been a positive. Um, yeah, the former, the former, former city manager, <laughs> not Scott, not, yeah. but the former, wow, that guy was a joker. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> so, uh, so I will say that, um, you know, and, and not a lot to his own because he had to really work with, you know, a, a set of, uh, you know, staff members and individuals that were trained uh, and protected um, by previous administrations. Um, so he has been working an uphill battle. Again, no no excuse for, you know, everything. Uh, but at the same time, I do enjoy working with him. Um, is, it the, is it the best situation for our city? Uh, is he in the best position? Are we using him to the best of our abilities? Um, those are questions that are yet to become. Okay, so we got a few questions here, Richard, from the audience. Um, your former Team Huberite... If the city can't afford to fix our infrastructure, how can we justify spending money on the NE, which is the project? And more importantly, how are we going to afford safety services for an additional 260 acres? Well, that's a uh, that's a great question. Um, and I will tell you, the votes are not there to approve uh, the annexation. The votes are not there to approve the East Water Extension Project. Um so not even I, with a tie vote. Oh, I'm going to tell you right now, a tie vote is just not going to happen. Okay. Um, Why that, not? That, well, s simply being is uh, um, I don't think that in, in those discussions with those votes coming down, uh, you're going to see a uh, full dais uh, to, of, to vote on the matter. Hmm. Um, I, I mean, here's the situation and, and it's no, it's no, nothing to hide. We've, we've, I've made this abundantly clear uh, to a couple of council members and the interim city manager. Um, if I have to use political maneuvers in order to protect the overall good of this city, that's what's going to happen. Um, it's not illegal. It's not unethical. Um, and uh, it's nothing against my oath of office. Um, and we've seen it done by both sides on different topics throughout the years. And uh, if that has to stop the annexation and the East Water Main by doing those items, so be it. Now, it would be in the best interest of my colleagues to sit down and have a rational discussion on how we move these items forward, where we're not taking money out of Mr. and Mrs. John Q. taxpayers' uh, pocket to do it, where we're not threatening city services and safety services, which you'll 
you'll you'll see that campaign coming up for this. I mean, we have a, a city tax uh, renewal that's going to be coming up and oh, yeah. a school levy that's coming up. Um, it's only so, a renewal. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they, uh, they, they, it, I, let's be honest, they, it, it is a renewal, but uh, what you'll never hear um, from, from government entities is, well, if you don't pass this renewal, this is how much money you could, uh, you could keep for your family. This is how much your property taxes would decrease. Um, and uh, this, is exactly. what the, this is what the city could go back and do um, by, you know, looking at different ways to, to fund those entities. Um, and, you know, I, I brought up several of those uh, items. I mean, back in 2020, I had our, our law director, previous law director, Jerry McDonald, looking at an option called impact fees uh, and recreational fees, same thing that the city of Columbus is doing. Did you know the city of Columbus is remodernizing nationwide arena with zero cost to their taxpayers? How are they doing that? So the General Assembly a couple of years ago passed a measure where uh, cities, charter cities, can uh, put together uh, what's called impact fees on development and developers, housing, commercial, residential. Um, and um, every time that those developers come in and apply um, and uh, get a building permit, there's an impact fee that's built onto that that goes to the developer. And those funds go directly into a pot that the city can use for either infrastructure rehabilitation, revitalization. Um, and this is something I brought up to the city back in 2020. I had about three pages of legal work done on it. And fingers crossed, finally, um, we may be seeing that enacted here in Huber Heights after a conversation I had with the interim city manager on a couple of projects upcoming. So they're going to make developers pay fees in Huber Heights? That's right. You're going to make... I don't know if those votes are going to come. Is it... Cause it, that's something the council's going to have to vote on, and you got a yes. couple. You got a couple uh, folks on on the dais that really love developers. They, 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 they really do. Uh, okay, we got a couple of questions here um, from from the audience again. Let's see here. What? Let me go to this. Uh, Paul Schaefer asked another question. I believe the problem is we are running a mid-sized city with a small town government. I'll just say this, Paul. Uh, I lived in Huber Heights. I moved into it in 1977. I was just a wee little lad, right? Uh, Huber Heights has always been a small town. It hasn't been about the 20 last 20 years that they wanted to pound development in the city of Huber Heights. And I'll tell you why, because they screwed up. Remember Bench Rock, the Pad to Nowhere, the Music Center. Oh, well, the Music Center makes money. Uh, the Aquatic Center does not make money. Um, there's a lot of things that Huber Heights is still a small town, but they want it to be a mid-sized town. But you're right. If they do continue to grow it, it will be a mid-sized town. Anyway, I answered that for you, Richard. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Carter, is the relationship between the fire chief and HR director a uh, possible issue that needs to be revisited? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So um, here's what I will say, and, and I've spoken on this uh, with the city engineer. Um, those two positions are underneath the city manager's direction. Um, personally, um, it is my belief. Um, I've had um, a great deal of interaction with the fire chief. Um, I've had um, not a whole lot of interaction with our HR director. Um, but here's, here's what I will say. I, I find both of them to be very professional. I find both of them that, uh, that, that do their job extremely well. Um, and until I'm notified of anything different, that's, that's my stance. Excellent. Uh, Karen Bachman, if fixing our water infrastructure in South Huber Heights is important to our city, then why does the voting record reflect pro growth? Karen, that's a, that's a great question. And, uh, here's a, here's fine a fine question, a fine question. So um, here's what I will say. Um, I, I, I did vote um, on the uh, um, the movement uh, across Executive Boulevard. I was the vote that made that happen. And simply being is um, I went on a compromise. Um, I was I was promised um, um, items. Uh, I was guaranteed things would occur. And. Um, Frankly, to date, uh, those items have not fully panned out. Can you talk about it? Sure. Um, so uh, one of my big things, and, and I again, this is going all the way back to the 2014-2015 era, was public works. Um, many of you have heard me. I've actually voted no, which, which really kind of eats me up inside when our public works director comes and asks for new pieces of equipment. And I have to vote no because I know those pieces of equipment are sitting outside and deteriorating. I know that our hardworking staff in our public works department is, does not have the facilities they deserve um, and need to do the work they do. They don't have the maintenance shops that they need. Um, I mean, again, with our growth and with the, uh, you know, the leaf trucks, um, the, the jetter trucks, the plow trucks, I mean, you can go on and on and on. We don't have the storage for that. I have been pounding my fist for years on a new public works facility. And we get a, um, we get a uh, whole diagram PowerPoint video about this, uh, this grand, I think it's a $13 million public works facility. And then um, I don't know at whose direction, um, all we need to size that down. That needs to be about $10 million. Uh, no, 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 that, that needs to be the, what the public works director asked for. He is the professional. He is the staff member. I urge you. And, and, and again, I challenge anybody to find any negativity or negative reports that anybody in the city has had about our public works team. Um, it doesn't exist. I mean, these guys are hardworking, um, you know, men and women over there, uh, they do an amazing job and they don't get the credit for it. So that was one of the items that I was, I was promised is that that public works facility um, would get moved forward. Um, the engineering, the construction would get moving forward. Um, we got a piece of land uh, over here right off of Taylorsville that I think is going to be perfect for it. Um, but Isn't again, getting ready to close. What's that? 
Aren't they getting ready to close on the land over there? Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. But uh, we've not seen any engineering um, uh, uh, drawings. Um, the only thing that I've seen is the original PowerPoint that was shown, I think, man, about two years ago. Mm. Um, but just in my opinion, a lot of feet dragging still on that topic. Uh, number so, two. So they're probably going to, when you guys roll out, council's going to be full of uh, the Gore and Campbell crew, who I like to deem Team Heights, right? So Team Heights, is they're going to control the entire council. Well, not 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 for say. You're still going to have uh, Councilwoman Kitchen there. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what Tom McMaster's um, uh, is going to be if doing he, if he gets elected. If he gets elected, and it's going to be interesting to see what Dr. Fred Aikens, um, uh, as an at-large representative, will do up there. Um, I, I think um, between the three of them, there's going to be a lot of conversation. Um, you know, the the other side of council will not be able to pass their agenda through. Um, because they, they don't have the sixth vote. They can't get emergency legislation passed through. So there's still going to be barriers there. Mm -hmm. Now, is it going to be to where it is right now? No. Um, but I, I think there's still going to be hope for the people, um, even after myself and Mr. Otto depart. Um, kind of to go, go back on that compromise a little bit, uh, one of the other things that I was asking for, um, and I think, shoot, I... I think most of the community has been asking for it is an expansion of our community center. Um, that is one project that uh, myself and uh, the previous, previous city manager uh, worked to, to get moving. Um, and there is so many updates that are needed there. That is, that is a poor excuse for a community center. Um, I mean, the parking lot needs expanded. The basketball court is horrendous. There, uh, I mean, there's stuff inside that is just broken, uh, and, and and we are renting this thing out for pennies on the dollar just to get used for it. We're holding art shows there from our boards and commissions and, and a lot of other events. And, I, I mean, it doesn't even have, you know, free Wi-Fi there for people to use. Mm -hmm. um, uh, last thing, uh, last time I was there and personally rented it, um, I sent, uh, and, and it's a public email, uh, I sent an entire email off with uh, almost 20 different items that uh, myself and others found that was, you know, inadequate at that location. Mm. Um, and there's, there's a lot of room for potential there. And, uh, and we are just underutilizing that building. So that was another area of compromise. Uh, number three uh, was the park at Dow and Longford. Um, as I'm sure right. you all, all remember, uh, myself mm -hmm. and Mr. Otto got royally screwed on that deal um, a while back. Um, and, uh, you know, the previous parks manager and, and previous assistant city manager worked really hard to come up with some viable options there um, and working with a lot of nonprofits that was not going to hurt the wildlife, was going to increase uh, recreational activities, um, and, um, and, it, and it got shot down. Um, and a lot of that, I think, is some, due to some uh, individuals on council uh, that um, – you know, persuaded residents, um, provided them, uh, in my opinion, with false information uh, that killed that project. Hmm. I would like to know what false information was provided. Can you talk about that a little bit? And then I have a, a question from somebody here. So, yeah, the, um, 
you know, the false information at, uh, at the Don Longford property is uh, we were going to go in there and cut down all these trees. That was, that was 100% false. We wanted to utilize the trees. I mean, we wanted to utilize the, the riding trails that already exist there. Right. Uh, we wanted to beautify that. We built those back in the day. <coughs> um, we also, um, there was also a rumor out there that we were going to turn that into a concrete city. No. We were going to have adequate parking um, that was designed to use the least amount. Matter of fact, and, and I'm, I may be incorrect in stating this, there was actually a plan that we were going to use kind of like a, a gravel type situation, um, not concrete, not, not blacktop. Um, I believe that was one of the plans that were in there. So we, we had all of this going on. Uh, the um, previous parks manager was looking at utilizing some of the trees that had fallen uh, from the past tornado in the area, windstorm, and doing some sort of like, uh, you know, eco uh, habitat. Uh, there, there was all these grand ideas, but that wasn't getting passed on to the residents. Um, and, you know, myself and Mr. Otto, you know, not only knocked those doors back in 2014 and 2015, garnering support for that park, which is why we in 2016 went and acquired that land from the city schools who didn't even know they owned it. The right. city was mowing it. I remember um, that. So we acquired that land for a dollar and we mow, we've been mowing it ever since. Um, conversations with the residents had, uh, you know, was very productive throughout the years. Um, there was a presentation to the parks and rec committee. Um, things were going positive. And as soon as council got on board, that was it. They squashed it. Oh, they squashed it hardcore. Yeah. Um, so I I have a question from somebody. I'm, I'm going to put it up on the screen. This is something I was going to ask you about. And this, this is important. This is somebody that uh, he was the chair of the Charter Review Commission that we sat on. This question is from Brian Detty. I'm here for parks, infrastructure, and WTF happened to Josh King. He, I just know from the time that, that I've spent in Huber Heights, Josh King is a stand-up dude, and he worked his tail off for the city of Huber Heights, and you had this, this little, okay, I'm not going to go that route. I'm not going to be like some other people, but I'm going to tell you, your interim place-holding city manager fires this guy why it's total total bs why it is it uh it is it was and it still is um city administration tried to um put a legislation um uh, it appeared in front of council uh to eliminate the parks management position and Yes, that, they did. That was that was the first red flag. And, and council went up and, and and squashed that idea. And then when they squashed his the interim city manager's idea to do away with that position, he ended up firing him anyway. We want to know why did he fire? At least I do. I, I know there's a lot of folks out there that do. So um, when that uh, came in front of city council. And uh, it was deemed um, that uh, council was not going to take the fall um, for um, for a, a a city employee issue that was put back on the city manager. Um, 
and uh, and mind you that uh, that message was not received uh, lightly. Um, because after that meeting, I personally went into the office of the interim city manager and and advised him that uh, um, at least myself and uh, many of my colleagues uh, were not going to be the tow boys um, for uh, personnel issues uh, and 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 hiring and firing. We worked extremely hard to get to that parks management position. We have worked really hard um, to boost our parks and recreation and our infrastructure. And um, I was going to be damned if it was going to be on my watch that we go backwards. So the conversation then took place that, uh, and I asked, and I asked very clearly, um, I said, uh, and I, I think other members of city council asked this as well, um, because personnel files are public record. Um, and that means anybody, um, you guys, anybody can put a, a, a PRR in for a, a personnel file for any city employee. Um, and I find it interesting that um, leading up to that date and time, there was no documentation um, of issues um, by that employee. Um, okay, so the parks manager, who yep. we know is Josh King, right? No documentation saying he's doing a horrible job. Were there any reviews done? Were there any uh, assessments of his position? Because all I saw was parks getting better and better and better. And the people of Huber Heights love their parks. They love them. And he, was, he, he, he brought it up a notch. Way above what that other company down the road can do. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then you give them a hundred and some grand a year. I know Josh wasn't making a hundred and some grand. Oh, you don't want to get me started on the, the YMCA and uh, their inadequate uh, handling of our parks and recreation system from day one. Um, I mean, I went toe to toe with Dale Bruner uh, in, the y, in the YMCA because I think they've been. I'm a member, but. <laughs> well, again, I'm I'm also a member as well. My son goes there for a lot of conditioning. Um, but being the YMCA and being the Parks and Rec director, those are two different things. Exactly. In my, in my opinion, should not be married. Right. Um, but that that's that's another conversation we can get into later. As far as as far as the parks management position. Um, I will tell you to date, um, I, uh, I received no um, reviewed documentation from the city manager um, as, to, as to the issue uh, or issues. 
Um, I, uh, I was never made aware of any documentation that was in his personal file. Um, I was never made aware of any life threatening, uh, events that had to be called by our PD or our fire department, uh, due to Josh's uh, performance. Um, and yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I also am a huge fan of Josh King, uh, uh, again, I, I see him at uh, football games. I see him out in the community uh, when he was employed with the city. He's a um, resident. Yeah. Everywhere. Is, is the yeah. interim city manager a resident of Huber Heights? It is not, no. Oh, okay. All right. So, so flat out, Matt, uh, to, to tell you that uh, that decision uh, was not a council decision. That decision was a uh, decision of the interim city manager. So um, going back to staffing a little bit, because that that's one part. I mean, we're talking about the city staff being stretched thin. So they get rid of a parks manager and they they file it down the road to an already overworked y, YMCA anyway, who didn't have necessarily the best outcomes, the first part. But public works is stretched thin. They haven't hired new public works folks in a while. Uh, Paul Schaefer mentioned that the, they haven't hired a new police officer, like a brand new position anyway. They've replaced, um, not since 1989, he's saying. And the, talking about the firefighters, um, trying to get to that 42, there was that 45-minute discussion. But on the Huber Heights Fire Division Facebook page seven hours ago, says we're hiring firefighter paramedic lateral and entry and then has the caveat, just over 24 hours left to apply. Have we gotten to 42? Or are we at 41, ready for 42? Is there a reason why maybe that we now have a 24-hour window to, to close that position when we haven't hit enough hiring on that? Who, who's making that call? To my knowledge, we have not hit the, the 42 uh, agreed-upon number. Um, and uh, hey, I don't know if you can see that. Well, no, you can't see that. But it's it's right above that post, Matt. There's a new one up there that says it has the big we're hiring thing. Says just over 24 hours to apply. So they're closing the position tomorrow. Oh, this is the this is the three day. Yeah, that's post. the one. There's well, a new one on there, Matt. And congratulations to the new firefighter. Yes, uh, welcome, Nick. I, I hate to put him put him in the crossfire, but uh, yeah, much yeah, needed I, positions. So. Two things on that. Um, to my knowledge, we have not hit the 42 number that was agreed upon on our fire department, which is unfortunate. Um, I do believe there are other avenues that uh, the city can take. Um, I do have faith in our um, fire chief uh, that... Um, Things are going to, uh, you know, get better within our fire division as far as staffing. Um, do I believe we need more than 42? Um, yeah, I, I do believe we need more than 42. Um, I mean, you know, let's be honest. Uh, the rate we're, we're, we are going, um, this hasn't been discussed yet, either in back room or public. However, it was discussed early on when I uh, came on council that a third fire, I'm sorry, an additional fire station, uh, not the one that was recently built up near Carriage Trails, um, but a fourth fire station will be needed very soon. Mark my words, mark the calendar. Uh, wow. That will be the next pitch, which will come with additional apparatus because there is just no way 
Um, if you look at the mutual aid support, if you look at the fire apparatus that we're currently uh, running, uh, that's aging out with our fire department um, locations that are aging out. That fourth fire station and additional apparatus ask is coming soon, mark my word. As far as the police department, um, I was I was under the impression uh, from the uh, from what uh, Mayor Gore had uh, had put out that we were going to have a new traffic control um, unit. Um, you all remember a big town hall that he did, and I was there for I, that. One. Um, I want to say that was near election time. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he also say that Huber's flush with cash and, and that they could do a whole bunch of stuff? And now you're worried about, well, we can't really fix pipes. Yeah. Can't really fix the infrastructure. But Huber's flush with cash. Elect me. So I was, um, you know, uh, our, our, the mayor of this community said that there was going to be a new traffic control unit. Um, he said... Um, that uh, there was going to be um, new police officers coming. Mm -hmm. I want to say it was about a year and a half, two years ago. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong on that. That's about um, right. So back to Mr. Schaefer's question, um, I support additional police officers. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm a former police explorer, um, and um, I, uh, I, I support our law enforcement all day long. Um, if, uh, if anybody here remembers, um, I was asking for body cameras years upon years ago, um, you know, to protect our men and women in uniform. Um, and unfortunately, it uh, took about uh, about three years later in a very national tragic incident for that to occur here in Huber Heights. Um, but again, that just goes back on to the things that have been typically brought up uh, by Mr. Shaw and Mr. Otto um, get uh, tossed in the wind. Right. Because that discussion at that town hall meeting did say, and there were citizens that were actually there. There was a good turnout to that one because there were concerns all over the city and they do remain traffic at Merrily Way, traffic speeding through town and trying to find out, uh, you know, people that were having near miss accidents. They were worried about kids going to school and the bus stops. And the discussion was, hey, the next budget discussion that comes up, uh, we'll be more than willing as a council to discuss funding a traffic division and the police chief was there nodded his head and, and yeah. was in agreement of all that. And then when we get to the budget decision timing, that same chief walks up in front of the same mayor and says, we have enough officers. We're fine. So no, no traffic division, the traffic issues haven't really changed. And the only solution is to pay overtime for already overworked officers to sit in an Arby's parking lot and sit in an intersection. So people actually drive right. And that, now that they're done with that study, it's going back to the same way it was. I'm through there all the time. I have two kids that work in that area. I'm there just about five or six days a week, multiple well, times a day. Well, Frank, and, well, and I can tell you that it's bad. Frank, if you go back and watch the last work session, I, I actually brought that up. You did. And a, and a certain councilwoman says, there's no issue there whatsoever. It's <laughs> perfect. Yeah, that um, was an and, and I'm going to tell you right now, if anybody watching this or yourselves believe that the traffic at Merrily Way, Troy and 70 is going to get better in the next year, you are the chief executive of Fantasyland. It is going to get worse until the city puts real design work and real infrastructure money into making that intersection and those intersections better working hand-in-hand -hand, um, 
with our ODOT deputy director to have good conversation on safety funding that can be available, making a state budget request to enhance and expand that decking. Until those things happen, it's going to get worse. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just, uh, uh, give me one second. I, I was going to pull up uh, Nancy, uh, Nancy Burge's email. So if anybody has an issue with that traffic up there, email Nancy Burge. I'll find that email. Frank, I know you got some questions. Well, when, when we're talking about a lot of the, the funding stuff and specifically around infrastructure, if you look at the budgets going back as far as you want to go, there's always line items in there for waterline maintenance and repair. And there's been a million here, two million there. It depends on what year it is. And, and with all the issues we're having and not having those linear feet of pipe in the ground and now talking about that, that philosophy of let's shake the couch cushion and see what falls out, which is utter ridiculousness. The money's there or it's not. Um, what happened to that money before? Where did all of the, the money go? And I like Steve said, who, who upset ODOT that they don't want to work with us? That's a whole other talk show probably. But what happened to all the millions of dollars years ago that was in the budget already to maintain these pipes, to replace pipes as needed, that now we need $20 million because it wasn't spent before and $4 million a year possibly to stay ahead of this. Frank, you're saying there was money in the water fund and it's no longer there. I don't know what it is. Because if it wasn't spent, and what we've been told is there hasn't been new pipe put in the ground to replace the old, okay. and we had a fund in the budget for that that had money in it, and every year, if we don't spend it and we add more to it, there should be $20 million sitting there right now, but there isn't. So that money had to have gone somewhere and been reallocated. Where's it at, Richard? <laughs> um, man, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna be very blunt. Um, uh, drive north of 70 up, uh, up in carriage trails, and as you drive down the road, there's the money. Um, you know, we all know that those, uh, those deck deals, the carriage trails mm -hmm. deals, came with assessments that took money out of the water fund and sewer fund to pay for the infrastructure cost on a shoulda, woulda, coulda, hope assessment. That's going to come back, um, and uh, probably by the time I'm maybe in a nursing home. Um, so uh, that's where all that money went to. And that's why I said if you go in that water report, again, gold mines everywhere, go back and look at how much um, water infrastructure miles were done. Um, you know, uh, go back um, 2003 to 2014. Mm -hmm. What happened during that time? And then look what happened after 2014 as those miles of infrastructure increased. Mm -hmm. So it's there in black and white. This study is, it's not the best, um, but, um, you know, I, I think it uh, definitely paints a roadmap of things that we've all been talking about for years. Yeah, right. And, and why this city, oh my goodness, you're, you're getting me on another rant. Why this city <laughs> continues to need darn studies for stuff that we already know blows my mind. Study the study about it six months later, so nothing happens. So is the gas fund? What's that? Go ahead. The gas tax fund now the new water water replacement slush fund. Since there isn't money in there now to pull, when six hundred was it six hundred forty nine thousand dollars got moved over on a loan that didn't go through, and now it's just 
it just has to stay because instead of pulling it back and seeing the SIB loan failed for a project, I believe that was tagged for carriage trails up there. And that dust now gets to stay there. So now we have to pass legislation to balance the books. So it looks better when we get audited, but is that the new slush fund now, the gas tax fund? Um, I don't know if it's the new slush fund, um, but as, as you guys definitely know, uh, certain members of council likes revenue funds uh, that, uh, that we can, you know, move around and, you know, move the funds here and there. Um, you know, it was interesting if you go back to the last work session and I had a great deal of conversation about what we could use money for. Um, and I made a comment that, um, that our, our mayor said previously, and I, I think Matt, Matt alluded to it within the, the police conversation, we've got all this money in the general fund. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We can spend it. But then at the same time, you, you, you hear spurts of conversations from the finance director and the interim city manager of, uh, we're at bond capacity. Yeah. I mean, we are darn, I mean, I'm going to use the B word. We're darn near broke. Yes. We, we have enough income to pay our credit card bills, but that's it. Here's, here's just my, my guesstimate. And I'm nobody. I don't, I don't know anything about this stuff, <laughs> but I'll tell you this. You had bench rock. What do they do to get out of bench rock? Get out from underneath it. They built the music center. So they think, and they're my, okay, if we screw something up, we'll just build something else. That'll bring in more money. It's, it's almost like getting a credit card and just maxing it out, getting another credit card to pay over that maxed out credit card and just rolling it over. That's, I don't, I don't know. And they're going to say, oh, Matt, you're stupid. Wiley, you're stupid. We got this. The, these guys are idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. They never know what they're talking about. They're just angry, angry people or whatever. Stirring well, up and complaining, yeah. And, and it is my full opinion. I have no proof of this. But a few years back, we, re, we received a FEMA grant opportunity to hire firefighters. However, with that FEMA grant, it came an opportunity or, or a, a clause in there that we had to sustain those firefighters with a plan for several years after that. The finance director went on record as saying, we can't do that. Mm -hmm. I met him outside of City Hall, and he says, we don't have the funds at this time to sustain that. Right. And well, Schaefer, uh, I'm, he brings this up. 
Exactly, Paul. They're all ran by Democrats. Carry on. <laughs> so, I, I mean, honestly, it's going to take a situation. Um, it's going to take our finance director, who who I, I think is very intelligent. Um, and I, I think it's going to literally take him to come out on the dais to tell this council, we don't have the money for your pet projects anymore. We don't have the bond capacity to make this happen anymore. We don't have the debt ceiling to continue <laughs> these projects. That's what, that's what has to happen. And I urge our finance director to do that. It you might know, be career suicide, but I think it needs to happen. Just out of curiosity, what is Huber Heights' debt ceiling? Because it seems to be 35, you know, 35 miles in the air. Where is the brakes on the bus? You know, that's, uh, that's, that's a number that just keeps, uh, keeps climbing. Because if you hear the uh, wizards within the city is we find a revenue stream um, – Okay, so we're bringing the X amount of dollars in this new revenue stream. Uh, we, how much money can we bond, uh, you know, using that revenue stream? Mm -hmm. None. Leave it alone. Let it be a revenue. Bond, a bond is a loan. Yeah. With yeah. interest. So there, <laughs> there's no zero interest bonds. I mean, it's, there may be a few out there, but there's not a lot. Huber doesn't have a lot of those. No, no. Um, so here's a quick question. Um, I heard on the last work session that Clark County was not being a very good partner, uh, but Huber wasn't a good partner to Bethel annexing that land. Uh, why would anyone work with Huber on Huber's terms if Clark County viewed what just happened over in Bethel? Matt, Matt here, here's a situation. Um, for years upon years, um, Huber Heights has not played well within the region. Um, that, that's that's nothing new. And no, that came out a while back. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I think our intern city manager um, said that on the dais. Um, we don't play well. We have not played well with others. And to expect Bethel, Clark County, Bethel Clark, or anybody to play well with us, well, I, I mean – how can you ask that? How, 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 you, you just can't. But the thing that really irritated me with that whole conversation is we've had that Jed in, in place. I think. I think tell, that, tell some of the folks what, what a Jed is, if they don't know. Jed is a joint economic development um, uh, plan. And uh, it's, uh, it's got a couple of different uh, moving parts to it. Some are different than others. Uh, to be honest with you, Matt, I have not read the full agreement that Huber has with Clark County. I've requested that. I'm waiting to get that to, to read more about it. Okay. Um, but it, but essentially, a, a few of them within the state has um, you know infrastructure sharing, um, uh, economic development sharing uh, in certain areas where you know one community can run a water line, the other community can run a sewer line. Uh, maybe there's shared roads. There's there's a lot of those different aspects to that. But when I was told flat out that Clark County is just not playing ball and is not up, you know, upholding their end of the agreement. But yet you got members on the dais that said, well, you passed the legislation to work with uh, Fairborn for water. No, we passed legislation to say, if we needed to go with Fairborn for water, 
if we needed to tap in their resources, that agreement was there. But we got an agreement over here with Clark County that's been on the books for 20 plus years, and they're not upholding any of their spots on that. Why are we not, why have we not litigated that? Uh, and that, that blows my mind. Uh, mm. it, it truly does. Um, so that's, uh, that, that's an issue. But the fact of the matter is, um, and I don't think it's going to happen anytime within the next year, but there needs to be a, a regional approach to bring Huber Heights into the fold. Um, when you have communities like Huber Heights, Vandalia, and Trotwood, that have completely gotten shut out uh, by Montgomery County and the administrators and, and county commissioners. Uh, there has to be uh, there has to be representation there. There has to be a gap that is filled sure. there. Um, and until we have that representation at the county level, we're not going to see the quality CDBG funding. We're not going to see the quality edge grant applications. We're not going to see the quality infrastructure assistance from county or from ODOT. Uh, because we are not regional players. Name the last time that anybody from Jobs Ohio, from JP Nassef, um, or Dayton Development Coalition attempted to come in to help out with any commercial activity or business growth in, in here. I can tell you the last time, QQE. And we fumbled that wow, football. That years ago. We fumbled that football that could have brought in several good paying jobs and had a new um, uh, basis of business here. And man, we uh, man, we tanked that uh, before uh, before they could even lay the first brick. Um, but there has to be there has to be that representation. Um, who authorized the city manager to make promises to the EPA? Who authorized the city manager to make promises to the EPA? Right. Um, you know, again, I would have to see those written. Um, communications through EPA. Um, I, I know when there's um, addendums and orders that come down through the EPA, um, our water department, our city engineer, and our city administrator um, has authorization to to make certain um, sure suggestions and, and, and amendments to those. Um, but as far as this particular um, issue within Clark County, um, there's a lot more questions that's being asked because trust me, I'm not the only frustrated person um, that's having this discussion right now. Frank, do you have any questions before I play some, some of these videos? What should, in your opinion here, what should be, if we're going to look at development in Huber Heights, if we're going to look at improving things around and trying to attract new businesses, what actually needs to happen because it seems like the directions that are being done are band-aids temporary and focusing possibly in the wrong way and i know that the dialogue that gets kicked back is the city has no control over who wants to come in if we have more cars or more money uh, then maybe we can attract different folks but there's there are towns that are smaller than us or in different economic conditions in huber heights that have attracted things such as the sports complex that was supposed to go in on Enterprise Drive up there ended up being built in Middletown. It's now the largest indoor sports complex in the country. They Middletown got it. 
Huber Heights was the first in line for that, and that fell through. So what do you think needs to happen, and what maybe can you do in the last 10 months of your term to kind of help steer the city in a better direction so we're not just seeing growth for growth's sake and development just to put something on a plot of land that's actually going to be beneficial for this town and for the, the voters, the residents, and the taxpayers who, quite honestly, are expecting more but getting less? Frank, that's a, that's a loaded question. Uh, yeah, that, is, that is several different tentacles to it. Uh, I'm going to try to make my answer as quickly as possible. There are, there are several avenues. One, I talked about the representation at the county and the state level. Um, I, I feel that now we have a state representative that uh, is willing to, uh, to do some work on our behalf um, and to make those state budget requests to say that Huber Heights is a player in the game. Um, you know, I, I worked with first tier suburbs a couple years, years back um, with JP Nassef and a few others from Dayton Development Coalition and Jobs Ohio uh, to hold a job retention forum. Um, we have to start getting out there and letting people know that Huber Heights is willing to play ball, um, you know, and, and not just bring everything here. I, I, I've said this once and I've said it for the past seven years when I talked regionally and state is just because Huber Heights doesn't get the jobs just because Huber Heights doesn't get the housing doesn't mean Huber Heights is not going to win. Especially when we have the shopping, we have, we have, you know, restaurants that are coming in. We have the Rose music center. We have the aquatic center. We have things that will attract park space, things of that nature. And, and I think that regionally that's where we need to put that. Additionally, we have got to revamp our code enforcement and zoning. Let's just be honest. Our current code enforcement right now is understaffed. And uh, I mean, it just, it, it's a hot mess and needs to be totally thrown out and revamped. Our ordinances don't make sense. When you can drive down main thoroughfares in our city and see illegal sign placements on Saturdays, when you can see people putting junk lawn mowers and stuff on the side of their houses, uh, and it's been doing that for years, when you see homes that are dilapidated uh, and are not getting fixed, we are not taking a proactive approach. We have done everything in this city on a reactive basis. So there is just, and honestly, Frank, I'm not going to be able to fix that in 10 months. Um, I, I, I mean, these are things that have been tried to be fixed over the past who, seven who years. Can help, who can help the most to fix this stuff? The people. That's it. The people have to wake up, get involved, get up to city council, start voicing your opinion. Facebook is not doing it. You're not going to get your opinion heard on Facebook. You have no. to be at City Hall. You have to let these yahoos know. No offense, Richard. You're a politician. But you got to go up there. You got to talk to these people. You got to tell. And don't let them BS you. Because they'll talk your ear off until they get you to hear what they want you to hear. Tell them to zip it. You work for me. So I'm Here's gonna, I'm what gonna... I want you to do. Here I'm going to give everybody a little that's listening a little uh, tidbit of information. If you want to really open your, you know, open the ears and eyes of city council, you need to go and speak during the council meetings. And here's how you do that. You go and fill out the form that you want to register for citizen comments. Then additionally, there is an option that you can register to speak on agenda items. Nothing on that form says you can only speak on one agenda item. If you want to hand that form in and where it says speak on agenda items, if you want to write all, 
the clerk of council and the chair, which is the mayor, under our current rules of council is required to call on you on every agenda item and you get to make comments. What a great way not only to, and I hate to say prolong the meeting, but to really force council to sit there and listen to you. That is the best way to do it. Blow up their email inbox, send emails. And I will tell you that there is one particular resident in this community that I think needs to hold a class on that, and that's Paul Schaefer. He sends quality emails. Now, do I personally respond to every email? No. But Paul Schaefer and I have had conversations. He knows I read those emails, and I do respond to a few of them because not all of those emails are directed towards me. However, more for the entire group or a majority of those that are not quite understanding what the residents want. And Paul Schaefer will sit here and not send one or two emails. I bet you on a week's time, I probably get five plus emails from Paul Schaefer. Good job. And I, and I enjoy them. And that's exactly what every resident needs to do. And when you send those emails, send them and tag news agency on them. Tag, you know, tag whoever. I mean, make it as public as possible. Because remember, every one of those emails are public record. And, uh, you know, if you, if you put Tony Rogers on there, and you speak on that that those agenda items that all becomes a part of the public record and the official minutes within that meeting. What a great way for people to get their voice heard. Excellent. I've kept you long enough, Richard. I think I've kept you for about an hour and a half. We will definitely have to do this again. Um, oh, this is great. I I, I I thought we were going to go for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to. Heck, all right. Let's see here. I got some videos. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. All right. Yeah. Are you good, Frank? I'm good. All right. Let me, let, me, let me pop up a couple of these puppies. Uh-huh. All right. So I'm going to play this one. And I want to get your thoughts, both of you guys. The direction that staff takes. Here's what I know for a fact. We need a lot of infrastructure work, water main work, uh, road work. Um, we need a lot of uh, general work within the city to service our people. I know these things to be fact. Um, what I don't know are a lot of these other things because I'm getting a lot of ifs, maybes, and coulds, possibles. Don't know, not sure. So this is all postulation for the most part. Um, so from that standpoint, Brian, I got to say that again, I, I got to stand behind what I know to be fact. And that is that our, our current city and our current population of 43,000 need a lot of attention. Um, and we are, we are diverting that attention towards other outside newer projects. And I'm just right now, I can't support that until I see some significant work underway within the city on these other things. So I'll end it there. Mayor. Thank you. How long have we been talking about water? In my tenure, sir, um, relatively recently. So I'm gonna pause this just for a minute. He went down the line and he was talking about infrastructure. He was talking about how it, it means a lot to the people that you actually have infrastructure in the city. The mayor's first question is, how long have we been talking about water? Well, since the conception of the city, have you been or should have been talking about water? That's just, uh, 
anyway, anybody got any thoughts on that initial part? I'm going to play it through because I'm going to, no. I want y'all to hear your mayor. No, please go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that it's bubbled to the top of, it was one of the first meetings that in my capacity, in my capacity, it was one of the very first things that we talked about when I assumed the role manager. And I think that that was one of the very first things that we committed to do was to uh, provide for the utility infrastructure, uh, the infrastructure presentation that you saw tonight. And that would have been in November. Of 21. Of 21. That is correct. I mean, you know, like, and, and I understand everybody's issues. I think some of the discussion about diverting attention Does anybody, he, he understands everybody's issues. I just, I want to make that clear. He understands everybody's issues about water. And things like that, I would just say, I think is not genuine. Um, there it was. You know, we have, and from your perspective, when you were absent during the meeting where council agreed. And this is where they demean you. To back to on September the 6th, September the 12th of 2022, is when this council voted seven to zero with Glenn being absent to approve the city manager entering into a contract with Fairborn to tie into their wastewater plant. And we've been talking about, it's not like any of you didn't know, we didn't have water issues in September of last year. It's just not even, that's six months ago. So now to all of a sudden say we know so much more about water that we're going to go back and get the contract you all approved for him to enter into with Fairborn and their wastewater plant. That's what that is. Okay, I can't listen to any more of that. Um, what do you guys think? I... You know, it's it's been said before of the of the scare tactics, the uh, the Hubert two step. I think has been made mention by one council member. Um, I, I mean, this is this is this is a perfect example. Um, I mean, we've been talking about water uh, and the infrastructure needs of this community for years upon years. It's just mm -hmm. the deaf ears that were present at City Hall um, neglected to take action, in my opinion. Um, and now when the alarms are going off and, um, you know, certain, you know, residents are, are stepping up and, um, you know, the, our own water department is saying, whoa, guys, hey, man, we got a lot of water breaks going on. Now people are starting to kind of listen, but they're not hearing. And, and that, that, that's unfortunate. Um, and to sit there and, you know, you know, demean the facts um, you know, bringing up the, the shoulda, woulda, couldas. Oh, my goodness, I'm tired about the shoulda, woulda, couldas. You know, we, uh, you know, we should have had the Heights, you know, one-point plan. We should have had the Heights 2.0. We should have had good sports. Uh, we shouldn't have had to pay TJ Chump's money because we falsely told them, uh, you know, a development agreement deal. Um, you know, we, yeah, we should have had all kinds of shoulda, woulda, couldas. Um, somebody help me out. How long has the um, music center been open? About what? Uh, 2018, was it? I don't know. No, no, it was way before that. It was yeah. like 2015, 2016. Uh, yeah, it was, let, let, let's, let's, say for, 
let's say conversation sake around 2013, right? Yeah. Um, at least that's when the you know music center was being open, discussed, and all that stuff. Can anybody tell me any new economic development that's occurred on Executive Boulevard in the past 10 years? Um, they have a True North Hotel up there now. Yeah. That's been up there for a while. Yeah. But, uh, Where's those billions at? Um, the billions with a B. Yeah. You're talking about shoulda, woulda, coulda plans. That's one of the biggest ones. So for folks who are, who, who are new to Huber Heights... Years ago, I remember the billions with a B talk. And what was it like 2011, 2012? You got it. It's been billions with a B. So years. What are we like? Yeah, 10 years and it still hadn't happened. You have to understand that you're being promised a lot of stuff and they're trying to make folks look bad. And, and look, Richard, I my issue with you is I want you, you are a a lame duck politician. You need to be the bulldog in the ring. Go after him. At least that's my opinion. I don't live in Huber. Do what you want. But for the I sake I, of the folks of Huber, who I know and love, got to be the bulldog. Team Huber needs to come back out like the fiery phoenix and just <laughs> do something. I don't know. Well, you know, I, I, I can't speak on how other council members uh, are, are going to vote. Um, but here's what I will tell you. Um, from what I know, the numbers are not going to be there for any new uh, residential development for the rest of this year. Um, that's what I do know. Uh, here's what I also know. The shoulda, woulda, coulda conversations, the compromising, um, the, the false promises, um, that ship has sailed a long time ago. Uh, and, uh, and we are done with that. Um, we are absolutely done with the, uh, the shoulda, woulda, couldas. Um, I am still going to be working hard for the residents, um, of this community, uh, for the next 10 months. And then some, I'm still working with our regional partners, first tier suburbs, Dayton development coalition. Um, I'm still going to be, you know, a part uh, of this community. Um, and, um, and yeah, this, uh, the, the scare tactics over the next 10 months, they're not going to work. I urge my colleagues, please save your breath and don't try them. Um, don't don't come to to myself and and any other members of council and the residents and and talk about you know you know the city's going down the drain if you don't do this. We're going to lose tax money if you don't do that. Uh, we're not going to get this development if you don't do X. Listen, in my opinion, we could be a jobs factor in this region. Um, now, are we going to pull in an Intel, an Amazon, a Chewy? No. But what we could do is we have a lot of, of, of government and, and medical and manufacturing jobs that could easily find their way into Huber Heights, not only because of location, but because of opportunities within that location. Um, and and I, again, I think that's where that representation needs to come back. Um, not only regionally, but within the state um, in order to work for the residents of this community, because we have, this community has got some serious problems ahead of it. Yes. Not just, not just about infrastructure, not just about roads. We, we I all mean, do. I, I yeah. think we all do. Um, there, there's going to be a lot of things coming. I mean, what do we got? Uh, World War three trains blowing up all over the place. 
we're going to have a lot of problems that we have to face. And I don't know if a lot of your council members that sit on that dais who are trying to be short-sighted on, on their development plans because we got to get to 50,000 people or whatever their belief is. Um, but there's going to be a lot of things that come up. Uh, there was one thing, talk, uh, your interim city manager talked about inflation. Yeah, it's going to keep going. We're, we're living in strange times. We're, 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 I mean, as a national country, we're sanctioning everybody. Anybody that makes Biden mad, we're sanctioning them. Uh, I don't know. I could go on. If, if you want to listen to that part, you can tune in to the other Truman's Town Hall. <laughs> um, so, you know, I was going to play some other videos. I'm not going to play them. Uh, there was one where Nancy was rude, saying people got to act smarter, right? You guys, if you want to look at it, go check out the hhoh.org and watch the last work session. Um, there was one Frank brought up about the quid pro quo. How about we do this? Where your mayor said, we bring it up to 45 firefighters. And uh, how would that be? Would you then get the city back on track and start voting essentially the way I want you to vote? I mean... If you heard that, it's in there. It's actually a minute, uh, two hours, 31 minutes, and 35 seconds if you want to hear the quid pro quo. And anyway, Frank, what else you got? That's about what I had for this evening at this point. Uh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my mind here. <laughs> and to all the, million, to all the millions of listeners, thanks, thanks for watching tonight. Um, I, I, th th this has been a great interaction, guys. I uh, certainly appreciate it. Uh, I uh, hopefully I've uh, given everybody, uh, um, you know, at least in my opinion, as truthful and honest answers as I have. Maybe not what everybody was hoping for, and maybe people got more than what they bargained for. I don't know. Is there anything you want to talk about, Richard, that that you haven't talked about tonight that needs to be out there? Well, you know. Uh, I made a commitment to this community um, back in uh, in 2014 that I was going to run two terms, and that was going to be it, unless I, um, you know, seek the higher office. and And I tried that, and like I said, I uh, you know had promises uh, uh, from individuals that weren't kept, and I did things tactically uh, that were air on my side that uh, lost me that election. and uh, And damn, that hurt. Uh, there is no joke about that. But I'm not sorry about it. it it is what it is. Uh, you win some, you lose some, you move on. Um, but yes, I, I did. Uh, I did make that commitment, and um, I am stepping down at the end of this year. Um, and I'm doing it on my own terms. Could I have put my name back on the ballot? I sure as hell could have. I could have went out and got my 50 signatures, paid the 35 dollars down at the BOE, and I'd been back on the ballot. No ifs, ands, or buts. Um, this was a uh, this was a family conversation uh, that took place, and. And, um, you know, my, my son's a, a freshman right now playing football and baseball. And uh, my daughter's going to be moving out here in a few months. And, uh, you know, a lot of things uh, I've turned around uh, for my family and, uh, you know, fortunate things. So we've been able to do a, a lot of extra items. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a good opportunity to kind of travel with the wife a little bit and uh, spend some time with the family. Um, but um, I'm not going anywhere. And uh, I don't mind making this known here. Um, I do have a small group uh, that, uh, that I put together, and I am exploring my options for a county commission run. Um, 
I don't know if it's going to happen in, in, uh, in the next cycle or not, um, because I, I think a lot of things need to be in line uh, for that to happen. That's a big push. Um, but, uh, but I'm not going anywhere. Um, you know, once, once these next 10 months are done, um, I'm still going to, um, I'm still going to be involved in the city. I'm still going to be around. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to close my door. Um, I, you're, you're, it's not going to be something you're never going to see me again. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, for those who don't know, and uh, don't let the, don't let the gray fool you. Uh, I'm only 37 years old. So, uh, I, uh, I still got some miles left. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not down and out for the count, but, um, it's been, it's been great, uh, uh, working with this city and it's also been frustrating. Um, I will say that almost every original campaign promise that, uh, that I made when I got elected, uh, has been successfully done. Um, we've done a lot of great things for this community and we're going to continue to do that. Um, uh, we are not going to let certain individuals and certain developers, um, you know, downgrade the quality of life that many residents in this community uh, has, has come to expect. Um, and it's, it's very unfortunate to, to see the forced growth while neglecting our infrastructure. That's, um, that, that's, that's been key one. Um, we, you know, we still have, we still have opioid problems in the, in our community, in our region that needs addressed. Um, we still have business issues. Um, we have, you know, you know, open business shops and strip malls that, that need uh, taken care of. Um, you know, we have, you know, we have all kinds of crime issues that are starting to rear their ugly heads in our community. Um, you know, we, we are going to get those big city problems. Um, and, uh, you know, for those who are used to that, those small bedroom community items, because of the forced growth ideas of many, you're going to see an overtaxed police department. You're going to see an overtaxed fire department. You're already seeing an overtaxed public works department. And, um, and I really urge those, those who have, you know, filed uh, their petitions and, and will be on the upcoming ballot to recognize that um, as, as you are moving forward in your hopes to serve on city council or a board and commission. Uh, these are important times for our community. And, and I think they're, um, I, I know it's been the, the national play, you know, the, the sky is falling chicken little type situation, but guys, we are at a, you know, we're at an imperil right now. Um, and, um, and, and things have to start getting addressed now, um, because we are, we are at an impasse. Um, Richard, real quick before we jump off. Yeah. That, it, it's interesting that you say you're going to, you're looking into running for the Montgomery County commissioner seat. Is that what you said? Yes. Uh, you have to come back on here. <laughs> talk about that. That would be great. Uh, Kevin Carter just wanted to end with uh, a little something. Uh, can Mr. Shaw elaborate on the uh, SE expansion from the Centerpoint 70 development? Was Old Dominion used as a carrot, whereas expansion to the SE is really the need to extend water and sewer east? Do you have anything to say on that real quick? Um, so here, here's the thing. Um, Old Dominion um, was the first power play in that area. Um, and it was, it was even discussed at last, at last week's work session. Even if we litigate, even if we do nothing, Old Dominion is still going to have infrastructure. Um, I mean, the, the interim city manager said it himself. If we litigate and put a stay on that, 
um, Old Dominion's still going to have what they need because that was one of the scare tactics that uh, I think um, city administration and the mayor tried to use that we're going to lose all that income tax base money from Old Dominion if uh, if we don't pass this uh, this extension project. And that's completely false and, and ridiculous. Right. They admitted um, it. Yeah. Early, later on in the in the video. Are and, we still going to get the tax money? Yes. <laughs> and that's because I was pushing the city manager because he was on his shoulda, woulda, couldas on his you know blue and orange dot map. And I had to ask him pointed questions. Do we have any ink deals? No. Do we have right. any, you know, you know, potential or uh, inked items here? No. Okay. So let's stop worrying about the shoulda, woulda, couldas up there. And let's worry about what we have going on here. Um, and, you know, if the, if the city manager wants to, you know, call me up, uh, if the, if the mayor wants to call me up and say, Hey, um, you know, we do have, uh, you know, a power play, uh, you know, an Intel or something like that, uh, that uh, has a land contract up here and uh, we're looking to do here. Um, and they're promising X amount of jobs. I would have a bit of a more of an open mind on that, but I'd also have to go back and refresh my memory on when Huber Heights was promised to be the world headquarters of Stratacash at the old Kroger facility. And Stratacash got a, um, a boatload of community economic dollars, left that building trash and said, oh, we're going to build our headquarters over in Dayton and Trotwood. <laughs> because Huber Heights put the agreement together to get those jobs at that time and had no clawbacks in that provision. So our community lost a boatload of dollars, uh, an opportunity to get gainful jobs. And we left that old Kroger's facility um, you know, empty for, oh my goodness, it was several years. All right. Frank, anything else? No, that, that's pretty much it. Um, other than, is, is there anything you want to share with the citizens that you believe is your legacy projects or, you, or something that you are the most proud of being the representative to kind of get through? So, um, I, I will say there are several, um, you know, I mean, I, I, and I can't take full credit for those, um, you know, things such as parks, uh, you know, things such as, you know, you know, enhancing our, our business. I'll take um, the credit. I'll take, it was all me. Thanks guys. You're welcome. <laughs> there is, there is one thing I will take credit for and, and, and I don't talk about this enough. Um, I don't know how many people know that we had a human trafficking ring um, uh, within Huber Heights. We had some illegal massage parlors that was starting to spread their uh, roots and, and tentacles into our community. I was able to, uh, to work with our state partners and our regional partners and um, worked with our legal counsel to um, come up with, uh, with written legislation that made our legal massage parlors, our state certified massage parlors, um, better equipped, uh, to operate business. Uh, we were able to shut down we had several arrests and, um, you know, uh, a few other, um, you know, regional and state efforts that shut down those illegal massage parlors. Um, I think there was a total of three of them within the community. Um, and uh, we were able to close out that, uh, that human trafficking ring here within uh, Miller Lane and Huber Heights. Um, that was one thing that I was super proud of, uh, of having a hand in 
and working in this community to make it a bit safer. Um, that, uh, that, that, that's something that, uh, I, I mean, in my, in, in my opinion, that's what local politics is about. Um, you know, um, that that's didn't, huge, man. yeah, that didn't cost, uh, you know, I didn't have, you know, a $2 million, you know, statue built on my behalf or, um, or something of that nature. It was something legislatively that was done to protect the businesses, the residents, um, and, and those that were, um, that were being done wrong. Um, how do you by, hear about something like that? Where you st- so that that initially started because um, I had good relationships uh, with some of the business owners that was uh, in these complexes. Um, our police department was notified um, and understand they, you know, even with some you know undercover activity and things of that nature at the time, they could only do so much. Right. Um, and that's really where legislation had to be, you know, had to be upheld. That same legislation, I will tell you, um, went to um, Euclid, Dublin, Cuyahoga Falls, uh, and Youngstown, just to name a few, uh, that um, myself and the law director came up with to shut down those uh, massage parlors. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. And now... That's great. Um, It's all good now, huh? Yeah, uh, to to my knowledge, uh, those uh, those massage parlors are closed up within the region, um, and uh, now we just have to deal with the uh, uh, ridiculous convenience stores selling shots. <laughs> so, I've I've got one down. I've got one more to go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Are they still selling shots? We have one facility within the within the city limits that is still selling shots over on Brant Pike. Frank, the next live is where they do shots. And we'll we'll do like a drinking game. Anytime, I don't know. We'll think of something. So the next live, folks, the next live, we're going to be doing shots at at that gas station. I think I know which one it is. Um, Frank's going to do 151. I'm doing tequila. Um, I may or may not be wearing a shirt. I don't know. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for watching tonight. I, I appreciate everybody tuning in. We do do a Sunday broadcast. We start out with uh, state, uh, national politics, and then our buddy, the Red Rooster, we get into some uh, discussion about God and, and life and, and things like that. So that's Sunday at 945. Um, Richard, thank you for joining us tonight. I really appreciate it. Um, I don't know if there is uh, any more questions, but they'll pop up on the YouTube page. And if there are, um, just look back and if you want to answer them email Richard he's his city emails up there so yeah. is Nancy's and, and again if uh, if you if you send me an email it's gonna it's gonna pop through uh, I'm gonna see it um, and uh, unless you're Paul Schaefer and uh, I just uh, get you at the at a meeting uh, because your quality <laughs> emails are coming through um, I will respond um, and uh, it can be on the lightest of issues I've you know um, you know, when I was coming back uh, home on my way back from my uh, family cruise, I was helping a resident uh, with their streetlights. Um, so just because I'm not in the city, um, even when I'm on vacation, I'm still working for the residents of this community. Thanks, Richard. Um, Thank you. Y'all have a good night.